Thank you for tuning in to the Living Hope Church podcast. This is a free resource given to you uh, for your benefit and for your faith to be grown in the Lord. So we encourage you, if you are a Living Hope Church member, to share this podcast, to share these sermons, if they have fueled your faith in any way. And if you are not a Living Hope Church member, we pray and encourage you to stay and remain faithful in a local body, a local church for the building of the body, and that this would only be a supplement for your faith. But we do pray that this encourages you in your faith, all for His glory and for His name's sake. Thank you for tuning in, and let's get into the sermon. So when I say the word community, what comes to your mind? Is it uh, maybe making a dessert and taking it to a neighbor? Uh, letting a neighbor know that you are going on a trip, so could you please keep an eye on my place? Is it chatting for a little bit when you and your neighbor are both doing uh, mowing outside the yard, or yard work, you know, when springtime comes? Or shoveling snow when it comes? Um, or maybe more contemporary terms, friending your neighbor on Facebook. I mean, what comes to your mind when you think of the word community? Here are some recent studies that show some common trends. Uh, One report said that a general sense of trust has declined in the past 40 years. Time spent with neighbors has declined as well. Around 34% of people said that they never spend time with neighbors. And almost 15, that's an almost 15% increase from 40 years ago. In a British survey of 2,000 adults, 75% said they would at best consider their neighbors as mere acquaintances. About 25% said they would never think to go and knock on their neighbor's door uninvited because, quote, there is no community spirit. Do those trends resonate with you? I mean, have you experienced kind of that decline over the years in this sense of community? Early in our marriage, uh, Deb, my wife Deb, had won plane tickets that allowed us to go overseas. We got to use them for a trip to Ireland for a week. At one of the bed and breakfasts that we stayed at, the owner's daughter had recently moved to Colorado. So there we are in Ireland talking to, actually, is a British couple who owned the bread and breakfast in Ireland. And she's talking about her daughter who was over in Colorado. And the daughter was surprised because... There, she just realized and experienced how little neighbors interacted with each other. It was very foreign to her that neighbors just kind of ignored each other, just went on inside, either pulling in the garage or just getting the mail, going back in, not trying to strike up any conversation. That that surprised her. And certainly times have changed. And community is one of those cultural values that have decreased as a result. And so what does God call us as his followers in living out Jesus' way of life with regards to community? And does community help others see Jesus clearly? Let's pray. Father, just as we sang, you are worthy of all praises. And our hearts are stirred with joy when we see who you are. And so we're grateful. And now we ask for you to speak more to us. 
from your word into this to help us understand this life that you have called all followers of Jesus into. Holy Spirit, again, you are welcome here. We invite you. We ask that you speak. In Jesus' name, amen. So first, let's start off with the definition of community. I'm sure all of us could come up with a, a nice, good definition if you were to ask, well, what is community? But let's just, uh, let's just come together on this definition of community. Community is a welcoming, loving group where individuals are knowing others and being known. Let me read that one more time. A community is a welcoming, loving group where individuals are knowing others and also being known by others. In other words, it is a group of people loving each other with agape, agape love, where each person is valued not for what they do, but simply for who they are. And they are open for more people to come and to be loved and to be known. Our primary verse this morning is John 13, 34 through 35. And Jesus says this, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know, when we read the early pages of Scripture in the New Testament and Jesus gone, we read the book of Acts, we see that this principle was lived out uh, in the early church from Acts 2, verses 42 to 46. And they, the early church, the early believers uh, in Jerusalem, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received the food, their food with glad and generous hearts." Now, let me ask you this. Does that sound like a welcoming and open group of love where people are being known and knowing others? I think so. Um, it's, a, it's definitely a model verse. Uh, and beyond that time, the early church was also known for loving those outside of the Christian community and welcoming them. In the Greco-Roman world, there is a practice of laying unwanted babies or deformed infants in certain places, somewhere on a hillside. Um, but they would lay these unwanted babies after they were born off by themselves. Sometimes these children were picked up by others and adopted, uh, often to become servants. But the early church was known for making it a point to gather those children and to adopt them into the Christian community and take care of them. This is one of the things that the early church was known for. Now, does that sound like a welcoming, open group of love, of agape love? Yes. Yes, it does. And so that's community. That gives us a taste. That gives us a sense of this is what community is. And as Christians, we look at, we want to know, okay, is, does, it have a, does community have a good, rock-solid foundation in who God is? And yes, it does. Because community is founded upon God and his nature. 
Because God at the core is a community. The Godhead, three in one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Trinity is a community of three loving divine persons who are being known by each other and knowing the others completely, totally unhindered, and they've been doing this. Well, there's never been a time where they haven't been doing this. Okay, God's eternal. He's always been in a community. So think about that, being known and knowing others out of love. Is that the kind of family you'd want to be a part of? See, this is, this is where we get this understanding. This is why community resonates with our hearts, because we are made in God's image. So when we see true community working out, it resonates with us. We've, we sense joy, rejoicing over those who have experienced community, and it's something that we long for. Why? Because it's what we were made for. We are made in God's image. And God at the core, being Trinity, is a community. And so that's where we get this basis. Listen again to John 13. This is what Jesus said. He says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I, the Son of God, who have been knowing the Father and the Holy Spirit for eternity past, comes to earth, and he says, Just, just as I have loved you. There, just as the disciples experienced God's community and love, that's the basis. So you love one another. Do you see the theological grounding of who God is in that verse? Jesus says, you've seen the, me love you, and now I want you to love each other and beyond. And so community is founded upon who God is. The third point is that Jesus is seen through our community. Jesus is seen through our community. And he says this in the verse. By this, all people will know what? What will they know? That you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. All right, so you see the connection. A community is a welcoming, loving, open group of people who are knowing the individuals and being known. And that is grounded in who God is. That's our basis. The whole world could be saying, forget community, leave it out, we don't need it, but we would have to be counterculture in all those things because of the God that we serve. God is Trinity, He is a community. And he calls us and has made us for community. And the world gets to see Jesus clearly through how we come together, not just, not just living hope, but all Christians across the world, how we come together in community. Because Jesus says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples. All right, so how does this stuff make a difference in the way that we live out? That we live out this kingdom culture, this way of life under King Jesus that we are called to? Let me share a story. Adam visited Living Hope Church one Sunday. He was greeted at the door, and when he stepped inside, someone kindly directed him to the coffee and pointed him to the sanctuary. He was grateful and impressed by the warmth and friendliness of the people which he continued to experience for the remainder of the service. He decided to come back. 
After several weeks of attending, he had multiple people initiate conversations both before and after the service. And one person had invited him to lunch. Later on, he decided to attend a men's Bible study. There he experienced a welcoming atmosphere and the men seemed to genuinely want to know him. Some had even offered to help him rake the leaves in his yard and other chores around his place. After two years, he was grateful for he felt embraced by the church. Here's another story. Adam visited Living Hope Church one Sunday. He was greeted at the door, and when he stepped inside, someone kindly directed him to the coffee and pointed to the sanctuary. He was grateful and impressed by the warmth and friendliness of the people, which he continued to experience for the remainder of the service. He continued to experience this for several months. He got involved in some of the ministries that helped meet needs in the community. He also signed up to help on Sunday mornings with setting up the donuts once a month. After two years, he did not feel like the relationships he had were going any deeper. The people who had first talked with him tended to converse with the same group of friends. Even those he worked alongside in the helping ministries did not seem to go beyond those times. The greetings were still friendly, but shorter and shallower. He tried initiating conversations with others, but those attempts never seemed to go anywhere. Finally, he decided to try elsewhere. Now, which story would you like to hear more often here at this church? The first or the second? The first, right? I agree. I agree, because the first one would be certainly an indication that we are truly living out this definition of community in a kingdom culture. Because we want anyone and everyone to know the love of Jesus through us. Each of us who follow Jesus, we have felt welcomed by the Savior, right? He says, come to me, and we have come, and we have tasted and known his great love for us. Now, the good news is the first story is based on real experiences here at Living Hope. The bad news is, so is the second. So how do we grow? How do we grow? I'm going to leave you with two applications, two specific steps that you can take. The first one is I want you to think of your house, okay? Your house, where you live, in your neighborhood, however big or small that neighborhood is. And I want you to think of your house as a hashtag or the number symbol. And your house is in that middle square. It looks like a tic-tac-toe. We're not playing tic-tac-toe, but it looks like one, right? Your house is in the middle. And so your neighbors are those around you on the outside in the other boxes. My suggestion to you, my challenge to you in light of what community is, what we've covered that's based in God's nature, and that people see Jesus clearly by how we go about doing community, as you picture yourself in the middle of that hashtag, Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show you what small steps, just small steps. Okay, you don't have to go over and offer to paint your neighbor's house. That's a pretty big step. Just small steps that you can take to seed, to plant a seed, or to cultivate other seeds that you've tried plant in the past. 
seed and cultivate agape love towards those neighbors so that they can see Jesus more clearly. Okay, so that's the first point. Think about your neighbors, where God has planted you in your neighborhood, in your home, maybe an apartment, wherever it is, wherever you lay down your head, that is your place. That is your starting point. And you think about your neighbors in that way and you pray and you spend time asking the Holy Spirit, where do you want me to seed and cultivate to the neighbors around me so that they can see you more clearly? That's the first application. The second one is, has to do more with us here. And I want to, before I go into I just want to share some more stories. Uh, this past week, early on, I started to experience, uh, and it's how I usually know that a, a cold or something might be coming out. It's the season for colds, right? And so usually I feel, when I swallow, I feel a little bit of soreness, dull pain. You know, on a scale of 1 to 10, it's like a 1, all right? And, uh, and so as I was uh, in the office church, here, here at church, and I saw, and I just, I just prayed. I prayed in the name of Jesus. I said, Jesus, on your authority, I command this pain to go away. And if it was a spiritual attack from the enemy, because he's alive and well, I, I rebuked him in the name of Jesus, by Jesus' authority and power. And guess what? The soreness like immediately went away. I couldn't, you know, sometimes I, I hate that I'm still surprised by it, but I still am. Uh, but that was, so I share that as a testimony, not for me, but to give praise to Jesus, that his name means something. And um, I was blessed by that. You know, and I, uh, earlier while the praise team was practicing, I got a text. There was a young couple uh, that lives just 10 minutes away who needed some prayer. Uh, she had been kind of bedridden. Uh, she for, for a long time, she can barely get up without getting lightheaded or dizzy. Uh, her heart rate uh, gets very quick, and her blood pressure sometimes affected. And so I went, I got to go to, me personally, two days. I brought, uh, Pastor Mara came with me the first day, and we just, we prayed. We asked them questions. We just had a time with the Lord. And, uh, and I got this text. Let me pull it up and just read it from her words, because uh, it's deeply encouraging. And she says this, I wanted to let you know a praise report. My heart rate and blood pressure started to normalize yesterday afternoon, so I was able to be up and about for quite a while, with an exclamation point. Yes, let's give him, let's give him the praise. Now, were you blessed by that story? The both of those? You know, at New Year's, coming into 2020, we, share, we took time in here to share some testimonies. Were you blessed? For those of you who were here, were you blessed by those testimonies? Did you enjoy hearing how God was working and moving? Yeah. Yeah, sharing testimonies of what God is doing benefits everybody. And so here's what this means on the flip side. That when we withhold those stories, when we withhold sharing what God has done, even if you feel like it's the simplest thing, when you feel God's blessing and you don't share that, you withhold that blessing to others. We withhold our brothers and sisters from being encouraged in the Lord and walking away with their hearts stirred, thinking, man, maybe, God, you did it for them. Do you have something for me? And then it changes our mindset. 
to divine expectation and engagement with God. Now, do any of you want to withhold from your brothers and sisters a blessing? No. So here's where we can encourage, foster community with each other. As we experience today, we spent, we set aside some time for you to just offer our praises to the Lord. And that's one of the changes that we're going to incorporate into our services. Um, you'll, you'll recall, some of you who were here, but those who weren't, we finished 1 Corinthians before Advent. And one of the, I gave a message on 1 Corinthians 14.26. And here Paul points out that the Corinthians came to church. Every time that they met, they came bringing something. And Paul gives a list, a hymn, uh, a word of knowledge, uh, a lesson, a teaching. But they brought something so that all might be built up. And that was the intent and the purpose. And Paul, in that passage, he refines how they come because it was getting kind of chaotic. He didn't say, no, don't bring anything. Only let the pastors bring something. He didn't stop that. He guided it. Okay? And so from there, from there, we had the application for us as Living Hope Church. Okay, how can we have this begin making space that each of you, if God did something in your life this past week, to be able to share that so that others might be built up and encouraged by that word. And so moving forward, that's part of this kingdom culture that we want to incorporate here. And we want to give more space to that. So just, I'm just giving you a heads up. This is where we're going. Okay? Not going to make any crazy more changes than that. It's just this is going to be the only real thing you're going to notice. Well, that and announcements are going to come first, okay? But I promise you, nothing other than that is going to be crazy. But we want to give that space for you because it's not just, the service is not just about me and the message. You bring a message, too, because God is alive and well in your life. And we want to make space that. Why? So that we can all be built up. So that's this community, this welcome and opening community. We are loving each other, knowing each other, and being known by others. That's God's heart. That's God's heart. And it reflects the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You know, I imagine that Jesus on his times alone with the Father. Yeah, the Father knew everything that he had done, everything he had seen. But I bet you Jesus just had absolute joy in sharing. Look at what my disciples did today. Can you believe it? They're growing. I saw these people, and you led me, Father, to, to, and you changed their life. The lame person rose up and walked, praise you. You know, I bet he just had total joy and delight with his Father in those times alone. Because he was rejoicing over the stories, the things that were happening in his midst. And I think we'd have an absolute blast if we did that too. So what story... Here's, here's the application, the question to stir. What story, Lord, do you want me to be ready to share to encourage others and to praise you? Remember, our, our intent and purpose is not to bring glory to ourselves. It is only to give us testimony to what God has done to give him praise. 
So those are your two points. One, your neighbors. Hashtag, my house. What can I do so that others see Jesus more clearly? How can I plant seeds? How can I cultivate seeds that have already been planted? And second, Sunday morning when I hit that alarm to wake up to get ready to come here to Living Hope Church or to whatever church you go to, do you come ready to bring something so that others might be blessed about what God has done in your life this past week? So that they might be blessed and encouraged and the name of God lifted up. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus and Holy Spirit, man, you are so good. I love just hearing early on people just offering up praises to you and who you are. You're beautiful, you're kind, you're gracious, you're loving, you're merciful, you are patient with us, you are all powerful, you are all knowing. You know us perfectly, and you still love us. That amazes me. So may we be a community in your strength, in your power. Holy Spirit, we can't do this on our own. We will turn in the Pharisees if we try to do this in our own strength and power. So may we move forward in abiding or dying. May we choose to abide in your strength to know one another. to be open to relationship with each other. May we not be blind to the ways that you're working and moving in our lives. And when we see you work, may we be ready to share that story with another brother, sister in Christ so that they might be blessed and encouraged and our hearts would be lifted up in praise and adoration to you. What a life. Ah, oh, Holy Spirit, would you help us to grow? May we have more of those first stories where people come and they sense that they are embraced by this part of your family. And help us to grow. Help us to grow. And so now we come to that portion where we give a portion back to you. Yes, you're worthy of it all. You own it all. We acknowledge that. And so just a response to the words of praise and response to your word, we give a portion back of that which you have provided for us to say, God, I am yours. You are my provider. You are the one looking out for me. For I have nothing to fear because I am loved with a perfect and everlasting love. So Lord, would you help us just to give cheerfully a portion back to you, acknowledging those things. And would you use it to extend your kingdom whether through this church or other churches in the area, that others would see, the world would see Jesus clearly in this year, 2020. We thank you and love you in Jesus' name.
Amen. Would the ushers come forward to receive the morning offering?